Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, for another special Bears edition is the one and only Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. The one for all Iowa State news in Central Iowa. And fall camp has started for him, so you know he's extra busy out there in Ames. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother? Appreciate that. Welcome, sir. I'm doing really well. You know, sorry, everybody, we weren't able to get one last week, but we are rolling now. Going to try to have these every week. Obviously, training camp, the respective Cyclones, like you mentioned, the Bears, of course, our main focus, maybe a little Cubs chatter. It's great to be back on the mic. Nick, there is nothing better than, as crazy as it sounds, recording during a Chicago Bears game week. Yes, it is not the regular season, folks, but our beloved Chicago Bears play football on Saturday afternoon at Soldier Field. You have to wrap your heads around it because football is on the horizon, and after this week, it'll just be one month away from Bears-Packers to kick off the season. So it's Bears from here on out. Of course, we are going to recognize the greatness that is the Chicago Cubs and what they've been doing the last month. So strap in for a wild one. And as always, juice up! All right, Nick. The astronomical news out of Bears camp just a few short days ago was the unfathomable signing of one pass rusher known as Yannick Ngakwe most recently with the Indianapolis Colts in a system of the same ilk as Matt Eberfuss, not the exact defense that he installed in his time with the Colts, but a very similar style of play and a former pro bowler, number 91, the new edge rusher for your Chicago Bears, Yannick Ngakwe, coming off of a nine and a half sack season. and. We got him on a relatively team-friendly deal, $10 million guaranteed on a $10.5 million deal for one season. So it's essentially fully guaranteed, which he's more than deserving, given his track record in this National Football League. I want to hear your thoughts on the signing. I know we were both over the moon Friday night, but Nick, give me your full scope. On number 91, the most recently signed Chicago Bear, arguably one of the most important players on that defensive unit. Absolutely, brother. So, you know, this is a, a player, along with maybe Justin Houston and a couple others that, you know, have been buzzing around a little bit throughout, uh, throughout the summer, really, that we were kind of hoping for the Bears to get. I think we're pretty honest, though we get excited that, these Bears likely aren't going to compete for a Super Bowl this year. But I firmly believe, and I believe you do too, that they can compete in this division. I think it's one of the more open divisions, along with, say, the AFC South. AFC East has a couple really good teams, you know. And with a signing like this, it tells me two things. One, 
We knew the pass rushing wasn't great within the Bears quite yet. We certainly saw that last year. So this is a really solid addition. It's a little bit crazy how much Yannick has kind of bounced around throughout his career. I believe he's only around 29 or so. I believe I saw 29 or 30. And, and you know, I could think of four or five teams just off the top of my head. But number two, it shows me that Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields, this Bears organization is in it to win it or to win something this year. And I think that's the reason we were probably the most excited. It's not often that the first week of August you can get those types of impact players. And now, I cannot believe it, but like you said, later this week, Chicago Bears football. And you know what? Knock on wood, I should be able to tune in some with you as well. Nick, I certainly hope that you'll be plugged in Saturday afternoon. It's a national TV game at that normal 12 o'clock slate, but just on Saturday as opposed to a normal NFL Sunday. There were two huge things that stood out to me in your analysis here, Nick, about Yannick Ngakwe. One thing that I have been struggling with, but obviously the Bears know the type of talent he is and the high character guy that he is, is the bouncing around. He is only going to be 28 years old during this NFL season. So, yes, there are a great deal of miles on him, but he has plenty of juice left in the tank. What stuns me in his young NFL career is the amount of teams. This will now be his sixth team in eight seasons at the highest level of football. So to me, that means there is, you know, something about him that's a little bit off, whether it's a personality issue, but certainly his production on the field has not waned at every stop on this man's career. He shined as a Las Vegas Raider. He was a captain of that team. He also was a captain of the Indianapolis Colts. So. Of course, on the football field, he's a leader and someone that the guys in the locker room look up to. But that is, for lack of a better term, a red flag to me. Why has this man been to so many teams in such a short amount of time, given the impact that he has made on the field? Because he's had close to double-digit sacks in the majority of his seasons in the National Football League. His production is there, and you mentioned it best, Nick. This is the other part that stood out to me. We know how abysmal this Bears pass rush was last year. Out of the actual rushers, the Bears had six and a half sacks on the season last year, and Yannick Ngakwe had his own nine and a half. So clearly, this is an upgrade. And as a whole defense, Yannick Ngakwe had almost exactly half of the amount that the Bears did on the whole with the Bears having 20 sacks on the season, which is just atrocious, especially for a team that is led by a defensive coach and has a history of being a defensive identity team first. So I'm pumped about the signing. I think it is a little bit odd that he's been on so many teams, but 
it's clear as day that the production is there and he seems excited to be in Chicago with the rich history that is the Monsters of the Midway. Don't need to get the order right, but it's Vikings, Jags, Colts, Raiders, and then was it Ravens for a little bit? I'm not sure about the Ravens. I do believe the Bears are his sixth stop. If if so, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the Ravens. You know, I, to me, that's not a not too crazy. You know, it, it's certainly uh, kind of a high number for the amount of years he's been, you know, in the NFL. But I know there were a couple trades in there, you know, short stops. And obviously we see how kind of, you know, the modern day NFL, you can get good players on short term contracts. That seems to be. Uh, something that's been fairly abundant in the last couple seasons. But I know we're both very excited. I, I think you make a great point about kind of that the captain aspect and how well-respected he is. And he's still a pretty dang big name in terms of a starting caliber edge rusher. And for that, I'm really excited, especially seeing, like, I think we were really pumped about the linebackers. But, you know, there have been a lot of, Pretty dang good reports coming out of that secondary, specifically guys like Brisker. I think Eddie Jackson is in for a big year. And, you know, I think pretty highly of the corners as well. Nick, you were correct about the 2020 season. He split time uh, with two different teams there, one of them being the Baltimore Ravens. And I know we talked about it less than two weeks ago, Nick, in terms of what our concerns were with this defense and it was the defensive front does this clear up every issue there no but Yannick Ngakwe is one of the supreme pass rushers in this league he has the numbers to back it up 65 career sacks with many stops along the way and the production has not gone anywhere it has remained a constant wherever he has played in this league. I think that's what people have to recognize. We know we are feeling good about our secondary with Eddie Jackson leading the way alongside Jaquan Brisker. I need to see more consistency out of Kyler Gordon this year. It looks like he's having a decent camp. And where I have the most faith, of course, is that linebacking core with Edwards, Edmonds, and Sanborn. That is a lethal trio. Sanborn had to step in under very tough circumstances last year once Roquan Smith was shipped out on a very bad defense, and he was a production machine. Just double-digit tackle games after double-digit tackle games. So that is where I'm most confident. I know... The linebacker position is not as important as it used to be because this is a passing league. But as you mentioned earlier, Nick, this NFC North division is tough. There are some run-heavy teams, especially in the Green Bay Packers with a two-headed monster, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. So those linebackers could be extremely impactful. And when you do talk about the division... It is wide open. We both have said we don't automatically think the Bears are going to win the division, but they're certainly going to compete with the likes of the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Packers, like I said last time we recorded. 
They're an unknown. We know their defense is strong, but Jordan Love is a first-time starter in this league full-time. So Ngakwe is an incredible piece that we have added to this defense. Uh, A major concern has been filled. So I was over the moon basking in that glory over the weekend. And I want to hear your thoughts in terms of what you've been hearing in camp, Nick, on the offensive side of the ball, because all eyes are on Justin Fields in taking that next step. We know what he can do with his feet. Is he going to throw the ball all over the yard accurately and in the dang end zone? Yeah, I think you certainly, I think you certainly hope so. You know, I'll admit I was so locked in to camp last week, like everything. As Iowa State's camp has gotten going, you know, obviously it's been a little harder to stay up on everything. Uh, But I'll say I I love what I've been hearing from a lot of the defense. I think that Justin Fields and the Bears were pretty honest that the offense came out flat. I believe it was a day over the weekend. Uh, You know, the defense, I, I think, has been more impressive. I've been a little surprised, you know, just because the Bears are expected to potentially pass more, which I think is a good thing in the state of this league. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about you. I haven't heard much at all about the run game. Like truly, I can't really think of a comment. I really do like the Mercedes Lewis signing. I was disappointed that the Bears uh, put like an injured slash wave designation on Chase Allen, the former Iowa State star. However, if he really is injured and nobody else picks him up, there's always a chance he'd come back on the practice squad as I know we texted about a little bit. Other than that, it just seemed like, whether it was the national media, guys like Kyle Brandt or others, it seemed like Camp Fields and DJ Moore got off to a really good start. And and I have seen a couple pretty impressive highlights last two days, but you just look for that consistency. I think early on in camp, it's actually a fine sign uh, for the defense to be ahead of the offense, specifically because the defense still brings back I think six, maybe seven starters, but the offense brings back a lot too with some really strong additions. So I think I'm not in worry mode at all. You know, I don't really get like that, but I'm excited to see what some of the guys we know that will play, what they can show uh, in these, say, first two to three weeks of preseason coming up. Nick, it is really fascinating to me because those first couple days of camp, all eyes were on fields and more and their relationship and their connection that has been formed over the last few months. But I would say a standout from what I saw over the weekend was a very frequently talked about guy in Chase Claypool, usually talked about for the wrong reasons. But this weekend, it looked as if he was one of the main contributors on the offensive side of the ball uh, at Family Fest. and practices uh, leading up to that I think he has a very tough road ahead of him because the media has been hard on him the fan base has been hard on him and I will be a Chase Claypool defender for a number of reasons one of them being he is a former Notre Dame fighting Irish and another we have seen a tremendous amount of production from him as a Pittsburgh Steeler. 
Has it translated to the Bears yet? Absolutely not. But he came into the Bears middle of the season, had zero connection with Justin Fields on a very one-dimensional offense. We were not throwing the ball very well last season. Obviously, when you have a quarterback rushing for over 1,000 yards, that means he's not passing the ball very much to his wide receivers. So I think Chase Claypool is due for a redemptive season. Obviously, DJ Moore is the number one option, and Claypool is likely the third or fourth when you look at this receiving core if you throw in Cole Komet. But Claypool is someone that we have to keep our eyes on because he gets lost in the shuffle and denigrated for doing things in the offseason that aren't normal for NFL players. So let's just cut this guy some slack and let him play ball like he knows how to do because he has been a 1,000-yard receiver in this league not too long ago. I think that, you know, I've seen a few tweets about it, and I think that's actually a really exciting thing to come out of this weekend. I think that if all things are kind of humming offensively, I I think you probably want Claypool as that third or fourth option. I think talent-wise, he's probably the second best after DJ Moore, but we both love Darnell Mooney, and obviously – Cole Komet has shown a lot to have just gotten a recent extension. He's really built some rapport with Justin Fields, I believe, his best season so far last year. So I'm really excited about that. I like Claypool. I remember we were both pretty pumped when that happened. And it will be really intriguing to follow. I think that overall the offensive line, though I haven't seen a ton, has shown some things. I'm excited to see these guys healthy. and. You know, now it's about just putting it together and we'll see what some of these key uh, players that we'll really expect can do when the lights come on a little bit on Saturday. Nick, I love how you sum it up there. And you did touch on the running game. I completely agree with you that there's been next to zero news when you talk about a Khalil Herbert or Sean Johnson. In that run game, we know Khalil Herbert has been a fantastic spark plug, especially last season working in tandem with Dave Montgomery. But the fact of the matter is that Dave Montgomery is up in Michigan with the Detroit Lions. The weight of the run game is on Khalil Herbert's shoulders. I have a tremendous amount of faith in him. They call him Juice for a reason. He can get out and run that ball. We're not going to lose a ton of production out of the backfield. But, and this may be, as some of our listeners would say, a meatball take. (laughs) But I know you'll love this, Nick. And at this stage in the game, it's not going to happen. I see zero, and I mean zero harm, in signing a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, to bolster that run game. Because if you look at the numbers, he has been one of the most consistent running backs in the better part of a decade. And yes, he has a lot of miles on him. But 
if I am worried about a spot on the offense, it is going to be that running back position only because we're so used to a workhorse in David Montgomery and then a change of pace with Khalil Herbert. And we don't know Rashawn Johnson's capabilities just yet, especially considering he wasn't the starting running back in college. So we're not going to sign Ezekiel Elliott, but I would love for it to happen. He got booted out of Dallas only because Tony Pollard is one of the most unique talents I've seen in the backfield in a number of years. And they had to make a decision. I think Zeke has some juice left in the tank, but the Bears are rolling steady with Khalil Herbert, and I hope he lives up to his nickname. Yeah, I don't think something like that happens, but I do think a guy like Zeke, it'd be it'd be kind of fun. You know, I, I don't think I would necessarily vouch for maybe Dalvin Cook or some of the other names out there. Obviously, we had a little fun talking about Jonathan Taylor uh, a week or so ago. But, yeah, I mean, the the mileage on Zeke in terms of running the football in the NFL is just insane. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He's got, you know, over 2,000 career touches between – carrying the ball and, and pass receiving, you know, well over 10,000 uh, scrimmage yards. I think that'd be cool. I'm a huge Rashawn Johnson guy. I got the chance to see him live uh, in Austin, Texas, as as the Longhorns took on the Cyclones. You know how high I am on B. John Robinson, and I think that guy is already a top 8 to 10 NFL running back. I'll say that right now. But I think Johnson showed a lot, and what's nice is because he was not the guy uh, with Texas, I think that that shows how much more he can potentially take on in the NFL. Didn't have as much responsibility. And and we both, we do like Juice. I mean, Juice Herbert's awesome. That just was tough for both of us to swallow because Montgomery is easily one of our favorite guys. I know I still have a very bad taste in my mouth. Uh, regarding David Montgomery's departure. I think it was probably the biggest misstep of the Bears offseason because they've had so many great things happen in signing three massive names on that defense and then kind of leaving the offense as it was other than DJ Moore coming over in the trade. So I think this Bears team does run the ball more than most across the league, and I'm just hopeful that that offensive line can make some gaping holes for Khalil Herbert to punch through the goal line because we cannot have a one-dimensional offense like we did last year if we are going to compete in the division. So, Nick, I am very excited for Saturday's matinee preseason game we know we won't see justin fields or dj moore probably not even khalil herbert but we will see some of those guys that need to take a next step in supporting those starters because it's not only about the starting 11 in this league we know rotational guys are pivotal in winning football games 
So transitioning here, Nick, as we round out the show, I would be remiss if I did not mention our beloved Chicago Cubs absolutely surging in the NL Central. It had been a whirlwind throughout the month of July with how special this team has played and most recently winning two extremely important series in a four-gamer against the division rival Cincinnati Reds. Following that up with a three-game series victory, winning two out of three, of course, against the NL's best Atlanta Braves, one of the most dominant hitting teams I've seen in recent memory, and we managed to steal two out of three in that series. These Chicago Cubs are in great position to earn themselves a spot in the postseason come October, but this division is tight. As we sit right now, Nick, the Cubs are two games back from first place against the Reds and Brewers. And we're on rain delay now as we record this, and it's looking like a loss against the New York Mets, 7-2 to before we record it. So that will put a thorn in our side. But, Nick, I am loving what I'm seeing at Wrigley Field, and I have so much respect and appreciation for Dansby Swanson and Cody Ballinger. Yeah, you know, Cody, that was one of my favorite signings we've really ever had uh, in terms of the Cubs. And it's just been, you know, one great thing about living where I am is, you know, there's no pro baseball teams, really. So a lot of people really rock with the Twins or, of course, the Cubs. And a lot of my friends or people that I follow here in central Iowa, as you say, are big Cubs fans. And so that's just it's really been a lot of fun to follow you know, obviously, in addition to some of the Cyclones talk, I think that's something that I've really enjoyed. I believe coming into today it was 15 out of 18, and I want to say six straight series wins, which is just ridiculous. You know, I'm grateful that the Cubs, well, they bet on themselves a little bit, making a move or two, but they also didn't, you know, kind of get rid and offload a lot of these contracts and these players. So that, that'll be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping with the money that we know the Cubs have, can make a major splash or two in the offseason, and I would love to get back to a game next year. Nick, this run has been truly like something out of a fairy tale because in early July, this team was being talked about as potential sellers at the trade deadline, offloading Cody Bellinger, and they had one of the best months of baseball that I've ever seen. They've won 13 out of their last 16 series. That is unheard of in the modern day era of baseball. And you you mentioned it best. You brought back the Candyman, and he has been hot in his first week back in a Cubs uniform in terms of at the plate. We have to finish strong in this series against the Mets because we cannot fall too far behind the Brewers as they've been struggling of late, but they've been pretty consistent throughout this season, whereas the Cubs made a massive surge in the last month or so to get above 500 and put themselves in contention for the postseason. 
Yeah, I'm totally with you. And, you know, let's just kind of keep things churning a little bit as we get closer to September. And then, hey, we'll still follow the Cubs, but then we know what time it really is. Nick, you know darn well, week one of the NFL season, my mind shifts to one thing and one thing only, that is our beloved Chicago Bears. But it would be pretty sweet to be watching regular season football alongside playoff baseball with our Cubs, who have not felt this exciting really since the Big Three era with Rizzo, Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant, that championship-winning team. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I am encouraged about our Bears, but I would love to see some dominance on the offensive side of the ball soon enough. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, juice up, bear down forever.